tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 35. Well, hey, sweet friends, how are you doing? Hope you're doing well. Uh, You're listening to the second part of a very special interview, perhaps maybe my favorite interview with best-selling author Robin Jones-Gunn. Her fiction and nonfiction books have sold over 5 million copies, but it is her heart for Jesus that has impacted me most. And last week, we had a very real and raw conversation about what it looks like to follow God's call on our lives. If you haven't listened to it, I hope you'll pause and do that right now because it really is going to help you uh, capture the deeper meaning of what we're going to talk about today. In a world that insists that all of us have a purpose and that each of us should build a platform, we talk about the importance of just belonging to Jesus and allowing everything we do to flow out of that. Love to hear your thoughts on this, but you know, this this movement that is, you've got to find your purpose. You've got to discover your passion. What's your bliss? Mm-hmm. Um, it almost feels like we're trying to make it happen rather than partnering with God. So as you've looked back at your past and you can see your purpose unfolding, how does that girl who says, I want it, I want to be what God wants me to be, but I can't figure it out. I don't, I can't write. I can't do this. I can't, I can't, I can't. How, how do we just be available to the Lord? Yeah, such a different uh, pressure on this generation. What you and I experience is so different from what our daughters experience because there's so much more influence and even free time and resources for them to see beyond what women, what our mothers and our grandmothers, it was pretty locked in to what a big dream would look like. So with the expansion of opportunities seems to have come a burden that I don't really like that I see on so many young women that they have to sort of accomplish or make a name for themselves or you know they have to make their mark and it feels I mean this is something I've thought about but I haven't come to conclusions yet on sort of the antidote for it um I was speaking at a mom's group here two months ago and that was some of the feedback and the questions of they look at me after I've done, I mean, 40 years probably since my first article was published. And they want to know how to do that, but they want it in two years. Yeah. And it's like, again, you show up and you do what's in front of you and you anticipate that there will be so many obstacles and so many trials and so much falling down the hill kind of thing but it's that my job is faith I get up and I take the next step of faith and by the time I'm a grandma I look over my shoulder and go wow look what God did yeah but there's just something that's dialed in of I want to have that and I I think I've got 20 minutes to (laughs) make it happen so that if 
if what God created me to do was to live a, a simple life, loving God, would that be enough? That's what every woman needs to ask herself. Amen. And that's where the godliness with, with contentment yes. <laughs> is great gain. Like that's the end goal. The I accomplished everything you sent me here to do, but I was willing to accept what you had in mind for me, not what everyone else is saying with the potential, with the resources, with my abilities, that it has to be this big. Yeah. What if I can equally be as content if it's to have this God-loving, simple life as it is to be in this expanded place? That's, I think once as women, both sound really good to us and comfortable and happy, then there's no pressure. It's like, I'll do whatever. Right. This, great. This, great. Yes, yes. Well, and I've realized, you know, we're so fearful, I think, of missing God's will that we don't understand that if I follow him today and I follow him tomorrow and I follow him the next day and the next day, it's all God's will. And and he's going to take me where he wants me to be. And I, I think this is such an important, I think it is the antidote. I think it's being available. I I keep thinking of, you know, in Isaiah where God says, who shall I send? Who will go for me? And Isaiah just happens to be standing there listening and he goes, I'll do it. (laughs) I'll do it. It wasn't like he had, you know, when he was eight years old, he dreamed of being a mighty prophet. No, he just was in touch with God. And when God needed someone, And it wasn't even like, I need Isaiah, you go. He just said, who will go? And the guy said, yeah. That's so good. And what if we just that heart, just that heart of Mm -hmm. availability? Mm. Because you and I know there's valleys and there's seasons. And when you're 32 years old and you feel like you're ready to go and you have to make your mark on the world and you can't even imagine those dips that are going to come and the darkness and the long stretches of mm. just one foot in front of the other, there's, there's not a preparedness. I think that's the only thing that I'd say with the motivation. It's great. Lots of motivation. We love it. But there also has to be the voices and the messages that say yes. And right. Go ahead. Dream big. I'm, I'm all for the And be prepared for the, you know, the dark night of your soul. Yeah. It comes, it comes to all that I've known who follow Christ so close where you call out and there's no answer. And you, you, you have that sense of, I'm, I miss the mark. I'm confused. I'm alone. Whatever it is, the wilderness Mm. in Jesus had the 40 days and nights in the wilderness as well. That, that sense that we're not including that as part of our journey. It's just get on the, the, the spectrum or whatever you call it. Like get fast track. It's kind of like a, yeah, it's kind of like the, 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 I can hear the roller coaster click, 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 click. Oh click. yeah. It's like, did anybody tell you it's going to all go down <laughs> and it's going to make your, 
contacts fall out. You know, I mean, it's just like <laughs> you won't be able to see where. I mean, I just, I feel like there's there's two sides of the message that need to be told. We don't have that attrition rate of those who say, I fell off. I told God I was available, flicking up, and then he just he just left me lying in midair. And I because your job is faith. Is he there on the clicks up? Uh-huh. Is he there at the very top when all you see is the horizon? Uh-huh. Is he right there with you on the way down? Yeah. Yeah, and all the twisting, whining things. He's he's yeah. up there. I could just. It, you guys are going to have to check out the video. I'm going to post it on, on the on the in the show notes at the blog. But I could just see Jesus. He's going because <laughs> <laughs> he knows everything's going to be all right, and he knows that we need the journey. I think that's the thing we don't understand, and yet if we look at Scripture, God always took people on a journey. Always, always. Jesus had 30 years of anonymity. Moses, Moses. Yeah. He was born in a palace, had great, great influence for 40 years. Then he was exiled for 40 years before God brought him back to lead the people. God uses process. We keep wanting product. We keep wanting the end result, but it's the process that it was the pit that made Joseph ready for the palace. It is. Yes. All of our role models, again, that's what I write. I write role models of women who are trusting God through ups and downs. And I feel that passion to do that because I see in scripture, there is that process and that journey with those stories that they're there. God wrote one book and these are the role models and the examples he put in his book. Why would it be any different in this generation? I have seen it different. I've, I've seen those who are really loving God. That's all we're told to do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, mind. That's job one, job, that's it. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. Not go out and be this voice. He may specifically call someone to that, but I'm just saying as a, a mandate, it's just to love him and to love others as we love ourselves so that if that's all we do and we take every step of faith in that process, then we get to the end of our days and say, Father, I thank you that I did everything you sent me here to do. And it can be without any notoriety or, but it's, I don't know. I, I, I want to, I want to think this through more because there's so much coming from that other side that's really motivating. And I like that, but there also has to be the balance. Again, the two pillars. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do all things through Christ. When it's just this pillar, we're going <laughs> to, yeah. Exactly. Well, I think the thing that that frightens me, and it's the push-pull I feel in myself, and actually I've um, been so afraid of selfish ambition and vain conceit, because here's mm-hmm. the deal. The call of God can be fancy food for the flesh. And, and, you know, we can start with a God dream and turn it into a man scheme really, really quick. And there's going to be, I, at least in my life, there has been a pruning back. Oh, yeah. The pruning because. I hate the pruning. <laughs> I know. I know. But he loves us so much. He, 
he knows yes. that just seeking a goal, seeking our purpose, doing our thing, hustling to make it, making an influence, being this, being that. He knows that, oh man, the flesh just kind of loves significance. It wants to. And so what starts out as a pure thing has to be tempered and tamed by the Holy Spirit. And that's why we need the process and we need those long chunks of time where nothing's going our way. That's so good, Joanna. And that's why I feel I had a just um, had a conversation with a young woman that went to um, a, a gathering where there were some young women who are really killing it, she said, and they're like, this is my role model. This is what I, and I thought, oh, I wish they would have had a woman who's uh, you know, 60 or older who would have also come on stage and said, and this yeah. is what you can anticipate. This is how God works in your life. Just heads up, you know, I just almost feel like, oh, you that's so great that you're so excited, but you're not prepared for the journey unless you also put this truth into your supplies and start. Yeah, yeah. I so agree. You know, I, I always, when that prayer of Jabez was so popular back, back in the two thousands and I love it. I mean, it's powerful. Lord bless me indeed and expand my territory and all of that. But the Lord just really spoke to my heart. He said, Oh honey, you're asking me to expand your territory, but if you're only an inch deep spiritually, Mm. if you only have an inch deep of character and integrity, if you only want the the platform and the spotlight and you're not willing to sh- to serve in the shadows and when no one sees and no one knows then you're going to burn up when the fire comes wow we we've got to trust that our good good father knows he's a good shepherd and so he knows how to set us up for success but it's usually longer and a more twisting, winding way than we want it. It is. And it's it's his view of success, not ours. Oh, amen. Amen, sister. Please talk more about that. Well, because Isaiah tells us his thoughts aren't our thoughts. His ways aren't our ways. And again, we're in a time in history and generation where the influence is overwhelming. Social media, TV, all of it, you know, so many podcasts. We'll, we'll never live long enough to hear every podcast <laughs> we want to listen to. But listen to this one. This one. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but just the um, the resources available are, are overwhelming. And so there is that sense that we have to become, especially the older we get, we have to become more discerning and pray for wisdom constantly. And be in that place of just sifting out what doesn't really matter and being intentional about what really does, what rings true. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I feel like the longer I've known the Lord and the more I've come to understand his voice and, you know, how to hear him through the word, that it, it becomes more, um, Definite, like, yes, I earlier my 20s was like, well, is that the Lord or is that my idea or is that that person? You know, and the the more you walk with him, you can see because you've sifted out and you've evaluated what you thought 
was his direction, but then you see how it really was off base because you'd added all these other voices. Right. So there's, yeah. I don't know what, how do you we discern? How do we sift out? Yeah. Well, I, I have to confess, I, st- I feel the push pull myself, you know, um, as I'm talking about, you know, like walking in confidence and wanting that gold bol- God boldness. Um, I walk working on a new book on trusting God. And so one of the chapters is oh. living beyond your dreams and how, you know, God gives us a dream. But how do we steward that dream and using the life of Joseph? But as I was writing um, the chapter, I realized I've kind of grown a bias against dreams because my drivenness, my do something big for Jesus of my early years actually nearly destroyed my marriage. It nearly destroyed me. And God frustrated me at every turn. (laughs) He loves you. Exactly. Exactly. And to recognize that now is a gift. Oh, I, I would not trade it for anything. In fact, I think I really, really do believe that if we're going to if we're going to be in ministry and available to God for the long haul, it's the deep work he does in us that is way yeah. more important than the broad influence that he might entrust to us. And so wow. I just thank God. But yet still, even there are times, I just got to be honest, here I am. I'm a best-selling author. I, I laugh and say I'm the least known best-selling author <laughs> in the world. <laughs> and God just has chosen to keep me in a, in the shadows in some ways, you know, and now 20 years after my best-selling book, um, you know, it's like someone will say my, the title of my book, like, you know, she's the author and there'll just be a blank stare. Like, oh. <laughs> and there's no recognition. And I realized, oh my word, I'm, I'm, yeah. But, but I'm so glad that God took me through the pruning of those 20s and the early 30s because I would never have been ready for what He entrusted to me at 36. And, and mm-hmm. I don't think I would have had a message. And that's the whole thing. Are yeah. we willing to let God write a message in us first? before we give it to the world. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> Can't wait to, no, I'm eager to read your new book because I know that all of this is going to be infused into what you have to say. And that's the wisdom. That's where we, the most helpful thing anyone can be praying is asking God for wisdom. Yeah. Because then he, with that comes the discernment and the knowledge and the understanding. But wisdom is a gift and it's it's it leads us that's sort of a compass yeah is that a wise thing to do or say you're not it doesn't we don't come hardwired with that in our flesh exactly you know so it's a gift that gets poured in and then that wisdom really makes all the difference as years go on and that's why we've got to invite God into our process and trust him with the pace. I think that's the big thing. You know, I have I big ideas of what I want God to do. So anyway, back to that whole idea of yeah. walking in God confidence and my bias against dreams. I, I realized that I was almost like, yeah, I don't want to be disappointed. I don't want to be haughty and proud uh-huh. and believe God for something more. And 
so I'm walking this tension between how do I believe God uh, for bigger things and yet be willing to say that, oh, my, my boundaries have fallen in delightful places yes. and content. How has that worked in your life? Be, I mean, because God is, I mean, look at 5.5 million books. Uh, God has opened doors for your books to be made into Hallmark movies. This yes. avenue to just the spirit of Christ to be actually on national TV. But how have you handled that? Not letting pride or selfish ambition or the flesh wrap around it, but um, to, because we have to be stewards of success just as much as we're stewards Mm -hmm. of what looks like obscurity. What is that? How have you navigated that? The highs and the lows have been equal in the, in the film process, which you probably anticipate. I'll tell you one high was being on set for the second Father Christmas movie, Engaging Father Christmas. And um, our, our agent, Janet. Yes, Darling Janet. Darling Janet. And we were in the cottage that they used for Rose Cottage, very small space. She and I were in the corner, had to be as small and quiet as possible, just watching everything go on. At least 50 people with booms and microphones and makeup people. I mean, just. It's so fascinating how movies are made. So fascinating what's what you can't see. Yeah. And so as the actors came out and they're making, they're getting on their marks, which are taped on the floor, and they're just doing their run through. And one of the actors, Wendy Malick, who played Margaret, stopped as she's delivering her lines to Aaron Krako. She stopped and she looked around. And she said, "Where's Robin?" And I'm in the corner and I raised my hand. <laughs> Look over here. And she said, I love the way you tell a story. And then she went back to the and all the 50 people working stopped and looked at me. And the director stepped out and he said, be nice to her. She's the reason we all have a job. Aww. And it just, it overwhelmed me. There were hundreds of people that had a job because I told a story. Wow. And that story, that book, Engaging Father Christmas, I had to write four times because I turned it in and the editor said, it's not enough of a romance. And I was like, I don't want to get to sappy romance, you know. So the editor directed me how to rewrite it and make it more of a romance. I did. I turned it in and she goes, no, it just doesn't work. It's not believable. Write it again. Do this and this. So the third time I rewrote it and I just felt, I don't know what I'm doing. Somebody finally figured out. I've written all these books <laughs> that I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm a fraud and now they and know someone it. someone finally figured it out. And after I wrote it the third time, I thought that has to be it. I've put aside other projects. I'm so uh, drained of all creativity. I turned it in and the editor said, this is worse than the other ones. Start over, do it. like." And I went to Janet. This was 15 years ago. And I went to Janet and I said, I'm, I'm done. I, I can't, I don't think I can write another word. This is as humiliating and I, this is it. And she said, well, give it a day, you know, smart Janet wisdom. Yes. Just go cry your eyes out, you know, give yourself time to think about it and pray about it. And so I did. And the next day I called her and I said, I want to be faithful. I signed a contract to deliver a book 
I'm gritting my teeth, but I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to put it, I'm going to finish it and do it the way the publisher wants it to be done. And I did, and I turned it in and I said, I hope I never hear anything about this book ever again. And then it's (laughs) one of the books made into three Hallmark movies because it had all that romance in it. Wow. If there hadn't been that infusion of the romance, there would have been no Father Christmas movies at all. Wow. So when that high is there 15, 18 years later, this is the reason all of you are working because of a story. But I knew in my heart, if I had said, I deserve better than this, you can't treat me like this. Go write your own book. I won award, any of that pride stuff. Right, you know, right. It would have been like, fine, end, end of the Father Christmas plans that I had for you, my child. I have, I'm doing something you can't even see. It's down the road. It's opportunity for you to be an ambassador of my kingdom. And I'm preparing all of that. But the blessing happens inside the obedience. You yeah. stay here. You'll be obedient. You take a step of faith and watch what I do. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And if we would realize that, realize that the interruptions and the obstacles and the frustrations and the injustices and all of that stuff that we get, just get our knickers in a knot (laughs) and we miss the purposes of God because he was in it all. And he used what seemed like, well, that's not very godly, more romance. And and God's like, no, no, I'm going to use this editor. I'm going to use this editor to frustrate and confound you to get you where I want you to go. And I think there's someone out there that right now your boss is frustrating you and confounding you. And God's saying, I'm up to something. I'm up to something. Trust me. Trust me in the ups and the downs. Your job is faith. Take that step of faith. See if I don't meet you there. And meet you there and meet you. You show up. You show up and take the next step and the blessing will happen inside that obedience. Oh my goodness. I believe it. I believe it. Oh, well, you, we both experienced it. We both experienced it. I would just love, you know, I, I this is definitely going to be two parts because this is so <laughs> rich and I just... <laughs> We could have known. We have so much. I know. We can, we'll have to have part three and four later. <laughs> I like it. Uh, would you just pray for those girls? I, I specifically have, um, just keep coming to mind some women who, um, they, they, their, their children have left the nest. Um, some of them have actually retired and they're like, I feel like God has something for me. I don't know what it is. I think of that young woman who's, who's surrounded by babies and yet there's a stirring in her heart and she feels like God has something, but she doesn't know what, or she doesn't know how to begin. Um, wherever we are, I I think the thing I hope that you all take away from this time with Robin is that, that if you just make yourself available to God, you don't have to come up with the ideas. You don't have to come up with the plan. If you're just obedient today, would you pray over our girls out there? Mm -hmm. Father, look at your daughters. You, You see them, you see them, you know, 
the seeds that you've planted in their heart, that's why they're dreaming. That's why they're imagining something beyond. That's why they're drawing hope from possibilities that, that seem to be opening before them. Now, Father, I pray that your spirit would cultivate those dreams and those hopes and those thoughts. And Father, I pray that your word would sanctify us. Your word is truth. Sanctify us through your word, by your word, so that we are taking steps of faith in order to accomplish your purposes, that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done right here on earth as it is in heaven. I pray for courage and for just a, a sense of contentment mm. to settle on those who are walking through the valleys which come in all of our lives i pray that they would just take the next step of faith and that they with great hope in you and in you alone would hold on to that truth that apart from you we can do nothing but that we can do all things through christ who strengthens us let let that mystery be revealed to them as they are moving forward and father i pray that we would gather together as women in ways that speak truth and honor you yes. and lead and and direct us together that our hearts would draw closer to you and i ask this in jesus name amen amen Amen. Thank you for being with us, my sweet friend. Thank you, Joanna. It's just been so fun. <laughs> I know. I know. We're, yeah, we're, we're going to have to do it again. I love you, yeah. dear. Love you too. I hope you guys received as much as I did out of our conversation with Robin. Listen, you guys, God's hand is on you, but it's not so he can use you. It's so that he might know you and so that you can know him. So no matter where you are in this process of living out your call, I just want you to know whether you're being pruned back like I described or experiencing a great season of fruitfulness, the only thing that matters right now is this. Does your heart belong to Jesus? If you've been finding yourself striving to make something happen, kind of leaning more towards the world's wisdom than God's wisdom, I just want to encourage you, whether it's your ministry, your business, or even your home, would you take a moment and surrender it to the Lord? Invite God to take control of your hopes and dreams, even your disappointments and failures, because He never wastes anything we place in His hands. Instead, He uses it all to shape us into men and women that belong to Him, people He can use helping us to live in love. And you know what I'm going to say, lead like Jesus. That's what it's all about, belonging to Him. See you next time, my friends.